Yes, indeed, there is a war, not only for us and our souls, but also for our children. Father God, we thank you for the precious lives that you've given us, the children, uh, to care for, to raise. I pray, Father God, that you would give us eyes and ears to see and hear and understand and really comprehend who, who, who they are and what that means, what their lives mean. I pray, Father, that you'd give us uh, new eyes to see the children, new eyes to see their precious lives, L- new eyes, Lord God, to recognize the preciousness of our own lives, which we have so many times grown weary of keeping. Lord, that your will be done, which is that we live and move and have our being in you, that we walk in the light of your truth. So God, I pray that you guide us listen as we listen. Give, may we speak as the oracles of God. May your word come alive to us today. Father, that the Holy Spirit will reveal Jesus Christ in our conversation and in the things that you're communicating through this broadcast um, to the others, Father. We ask for divine protection, that no weapon formed against us will prosper, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. A beautiful, big, and difficult subject we talk about today. Yeah, well, where are our children? Where are all the children? Where are all the children? Mm -hmm. What's happening with the children? Mark chapter 10, we've been going through the book of Mark. Mm -hmm. We've come to verses... uh, Chapter 10, verses 13 through 16, says, Then they brought little children to him, to Jesus, that he might touch them. But the disciples rebuked those who brought them. But when Jesus Mm -hmm. saw it, he was greatly displeased, and he said, Let the little children come to me, and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of God. Assuredly, I say to you, that whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. And he took them up in his arms and laid his hand on them, his hands on them, and blessed them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. This really gives us a, a, a deep, uh, compassionate, very strong and clear message of what Jesus thought and felt about children. And um, so they're precious, even though they're vulnerable and helpless. Um, they're precious. They're good. They're good. Uh, they're, they, they're just innocent. They're new. They're fresh. They're not contaminated with all kinds of world views and doctrines and theologies. They're just here and to learn and to, to live and to, to breathe and to laugh. And, and yet it doesn't take very long before they get molded, crushed, uh, discarded, sacrificed, whatever mm-hmm. that all may look like. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. so I think what this looks like, Jerry, is that this this world, we've really lost our way in terms of what's truly of value in this world. And notice what we're going to be talking about next time is right after this, this rich young ruler comes and he has money. And so we're comparing kind of what is of value? How do we get into the kingdom of heaven? Is it by good works, which the rich young ruler was presenting? Or is it by, as Jesus is demonstrating here with the children, by their simple faith, their simple trust, their simple goodness. Um, and and, and you, yet we have all been um, jaded, is the word, I suppose, mm-hmm. by being on this planet and, and becoming uh, used to being uh, lied to, 
and deceived, abused. Uh, so we become very skeptical, distrusting, and we lose our ability to know love and to find love. And many, many children are not loved. They're not wanted. They're put up with. They're pushed around. They're sent off in another direction. Some are killed before they get here. Well, yeah, and it's interesting in the context of these verses that we read, Jesus just before this was talking about divorce, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. And in Malachi chapter 3, um, verse 14, I mean, he's rebuking the people because they've turned from God, and, and one of the signs that they had turned from God is that they had, um, they have dealt, they dealt treacherously with the each wives other in of marriage, their youth, the yeah. men dealt treacherously with their wives, mm-hmm. and they were divorcing. Back in those days, a, a, wife, a woman could not divorce her husband, but the husband is like, you know, I really am tired of you. Mm-hmm. I want to find somebody younger, somebody better, somebody that could have kids. If you can't have kids, sorry, uh, I'm going to get rid of you. Reject, yeah, dismiss. They were, there was a lot of rejection, mm-hmm. and God is rebuking that. And he said, you know, he did he not make them one, you know? Remember with the uh, Adam and Eve, he said the two shall be one. man shall leave his father and mother well, and shall cleave to his wife. The word there means to be glued to his wife mm-hmm. and, and they shall become one flesh. And mm-hmm. why part of the reason he wanted them to become one flesh. So is there'd be that, unity and oneness of mind, well, strength. Yeah. Power. And why one, it says in verse 15 of Malachi chapter two, he seeks godly offspring. He says, therefore, take heed to your spirit. And let none deal treacherously with the wife of his youth. Mm-hmm. So, in our context today, he seeks godly offspring. Yeah, and God and is looking for children that will uh, will will love him, will follow him, that sort of thing. And I want to just add something to that. It's a little aside, but it's a it's a very inc- encouraging verse about the w- the wives who are discarded. And by the way, today it goes both ways: women yes. discard their husbands, husbands their wives. And so there's a lot of hurt and broken lives because of it. But in Isaiah chapter um, 54, he says in verse 4, Do not fear, for you will not be ashamed nor be disgraced. You will not be put to shame. You will forget the shame of your youth and will, and will remember the reproach of your widowhood no more. These women were like widows after they'd been rejected. Uh, for your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. And your redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. He is called the God of the whole earth. For the Lord has called you like a woman forsaken and grieved in spirit, like a youthful wife when you were refused, says the Lord. For a mere moment I have forsaken you, but with great mercies I will gather you. With a little wrath I have hid my face from you for a moment, but with everlasting kindness I will have mercy on you, says the Lord your Redeemer. So this this thing of divorce not only hurts the children uh, and and breaks the family apart, which is to the great advantage of Satan in the kingdom of darkness, but many people are left, you know, forsaken, disgraced, rejected. I, I know some women who are trying with all their might and by the grace of God to hang on to their marriages. And there seems to be, they're just, it's sheer faith because there seems to be no apparent change in the husband. I know wives who hang on to their marriages, to their own physical, mental, emotional, spiritual detriment. Uh, and the men don't budge or don't change. And But the women are afraid they don't want a divorce or it, it, it would be shameful. But, it, you know, so there's so many ways your life can go. And in all of the ways, whichever way it falls down or falls apart or breaks up, 
Jesus God wants you to know he's still here for the broken, the cast off. He's here to remember you, to remove your shame. You were forsaken, but for a mere moment I've forsaken you or let you be forsaken. Um, but with everlasting kindness, I will have mercy upon you. This is not only for the children, but for the, the men and women who get shredded by the demonic spirits, strongholds, forces behind divorce. And there are many, Satan has many ways, many machines, many machinations that he takes against the, the marriages of God's people. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, for those that have, you know, gone through divorce and horrible situations and you have, in a sense, fatherless kids, and we're, we're hearing that the divorce rate in America now is about, you know, um, 60% thereabouts. Wow. And, and so, I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a plague. It's an epi- it's ep- a down, epidemic. It's a downward, it's sliding down the hill now. It's going it, to, so now the thing is, it's not even normal to stay married. It's more normal to be, um, to give it up. But, but it's also understandable because I think the spiritual forces against marriage are much more uh, oh. fo- focused well, and, and vicious. And at the same time, we have lost our footing in the, in the scripture and in, in God's word. Uh, the churches uh, don't preach an accurate rendition of the gospel. And, um, and people don't go to church. They don't believe it. We've taken the Ten Commandments out of the schools where we've lost our way, definitely lost our way. And now the, the, the fruit of it is, is appearing. When a seed is little, you hold 16 different types of seeds in your hands. You don't exactly, if you're not schooled in it, you don't know what seed that, what, what, what is that? Is that a radish seed? Is that a, mm-hmm. uh, a, a, a pumpkin seed? What is that? And, but after a couple of years, you get to know what they look like. But see, the thing is, when these seeds were planted in the, in the young lives, now after two generations, three, you know, and even after a few years, the seeds come forth and they bring forth fruit. And Jesus said, by their fruit, you will know them. Mm-hmm. So this the divorce and, and, you know, abortion and um, disgrace are all fruits of wickedness. Fruits of wickedness, fruits of our departure from from God, and 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 we're told now that there's about forty percent of the babies born in America are born to unwed mothers. Yeah, that's what he says and, in this. Yeah, uh, isn't that something? Yeah, and, and well, let me make a example, quick comment on that, and then you can hold it because you know what, Satan isn't against. He he's not against be, babies being born in a forsaken situation. He provoke he promotes that. So he breaks up the the marriages, and then he brings these babies forth, and there's no protection. There's no protection, and 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 uh, and, and, and we're talking about in in I just saw recently that uh, just a few years ago in New York State, twenty eight percent of the of the pregnancies ended in abortion. Almost a third mm-hmm. of all the babies in New York Conceived. State are aborted, and now. We've got this new law where you can abort the baby all the way right up to a full term of pregnancy and in, inspiring some people in other states Casting. to say, you know, once the baby's born, you can decide whether you want to keep the baby or kill the baby. You know, it's interesting. Not it's it's you know, when I first saw that, uh, and the the rejoicing in the in the New York legislature where they were just had just passed this law and then they lit in the, New York State, yeah. Yeah, and then they lit the, the um Celebrating the one world murder. tower with a pink, you know, you know, needle on top. I was shocked. I was saddened, and it was interesting. I just saw this correlation. Just one day before that, on January twenty first, twenty, we had the blood moon, 
And it was called the wolf moon. It was called the blood moon. And now they're calling it the murder moon because it was the very next day that this piece of legislation was passed in New York to murder the babies. Right, on the anniversary of Roe versus Wade, which opened the door to abortion. Yeah, January 22nd and whatever, 73, yeah, 46 years to the day. Um, So the thing is, how you see the direction of this thing it's not going to get better but the the tragedy is god uh sees this uh, you know some people say well this is satanic this is demonic this is human sacrifices and they're absolutely right mm-hmm. that when you shed innocent blood any innocent blood um it is it empowers satan because it's blood for blood the life of the flesh is in the blood and when the life is given and the flesh the, the life that's in that blood is given to the one that the uh, the offering is made to, and they're making it. They're offering these children on the altars of selfishness or or uh, inconvenience or um, you know disregard, disdain, contempt for life, hatred, whatever it is. Um, and there are many people, obviously, on the other hand, people who want to adopt babies, and that those laws are not lightened up or loosened so that people can get the babies that are being thrown away. So babies have absolutely no, they're, they're, they're citizens, I, citizens of the United States of America, but they're citizens without inalienable rights. They, they have no right to life, liberty, yeah. and the pursuit of happiness because there's no one who cares enough. There's, they don't have any money to finance their own defense. And so they're just cast away, and it's, you know, it's almost horrible to talk about it. Really. Right, it is. Well, and then, too, there are couples, that wonderful couples, that are not able to have children for one reason or another, that are eager to adopt babies mm-hmm. but there's such it's so expensive mm-hmm. and it's so many hoops you have to go through and i understand you've got to qualify right. these parents uh, so they're not going into a bad home situation right. but but this is it's, it's like satan promotes everything that's evil everything against the human being um these are little human beings made in the image of god carrying the image of god these children that jesus picked up in his lap they were made by the father they were made in the image of god to be part of the family of god and jesus christ knew that he knew how precious they were he knew god the father's intention that they and so satan is doing anything and everything he can to corrupt the image of god in us as we carry the image of god the holiness of god the desire for justice and truth and mercy and goodness all excuse me all those things that are made by god put into us innate as part of the divine nature satan is taking is he is just holding us in utter disdain and contempt mm-hmm. because we represent everything he cannot be everything he will never have and everything he hates yeah and you said you know uh Herod, I mean, you go back to uh, the Pharaoh at the time of Moses' yeah. birth. Mm-hmm. He was into killing babies. Right. Uh, Herod, at the time of yeah. Jesus, was into, you know... Uh, killing the babies, kill, the innocents, kill, yeah. Kill, killing the babies. Uh, we've and we, we've seen this in, in India. Other countries, India, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, that if, if you think you're going to have a, a, a female child, they just... You basically kill the, the female I, baby. Yeah. Uh, same in China, China I think. China, yeah. mm-hmm. same thing. So it, it's a it's a murderous, murderous selfish, murderous spirit that's that's over provoking the whole this. World yeah, it's right a spirit now. of murder. It's and, and and really, God is not letting this go. No, no, so no. He I, will not. I, and I I am you know fully convinced that God's wrath mm-hmm. against America is now 
is is is, 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 is building. It's it's building it, up. We are asking for it mm-hmm. by our rebellion and our murdering of the innocent well, and our calling this a good thing. When people are so sick that they will celebrate the murder of babies, mm-hmm. our leaders, governors, and their elected legislators, uh, th- celebrating murder. It's such a shame. And 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 people, other people around the country and other states are saying, "Hey, look at what New York did. We want to follow suit. We are, have become a a sick, sick, perverted nation." Well, it is. It is really, guys. You know, I know we're we're camping here on this for a minute, and we all this shouldn't even be a discussion, a topic of discussion that that we would have to convince anyone that this is atrocious and 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 uh, an abomination there should be no one out there who would even think this would be okay but there are spirits behind controlling these people the worldview the world system so the 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 point is this is one more piece of evidence that we are going in a place where we've all on this earth never been before so, we're going to a place of the end the the uh, tribulation it's got to be i mean it, it it can't it the only thing that can reverse this would be total repentance and we can see right now unless god would bring that and why would he bring that when the people don't want that you're when people vote for things like this the then the rest of us are also on the ride but we also know where the ride ends as christians believers in jesus christ who love jesus love babies love the truth we know where this ride ends for us it ends in righteousness, truth before the throne of God's grace. And, you know, this is something, it, it's a continuation of something that's happened in history before. You think of ancient Israel, and in their times of falling away from God, which were many, mm-hmm. which, which they spent more time away, you know, disobeying God than they spent obeying God. Uh, they, there was this pagan deity called Molech. They had these big statues of Moloch mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. they would heat it up a fire in the belly of Moloch he was like and a... he had arms reaching out and what they would do is they would take the newborn babies and put them in the uh, in the arms of Moloch and and then Which was they, heated would, hot. they would roll yeah it was heated hot and then those babies would just uh, just burn right there or roll into his uh, stomach Roast. and the parents would do that to try to gain favor you know, mm-hmm. it's like what we're saying in 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 New York and in this nation, uh, other places, that you know, if it's well, you know what, I just don't know if I want a baby now. Uh, it doesn't really fit my lifestyle right now, so I think I'll just kill it. Well, you know that this and, and and so so my life can go on well. But the thing is, too, uh, those mothers who have had abortions. They're dealing with a lot of issues too. Well, and they're and, they're there's something that is really going to be. Uh, they can be forgiven. They can be forgiven, just like yes. anybody else. The, the thing is with women, and they can be they can be healed. It's no, it's it's not just the women. It's the society. We must all take some responsibility for this. And a lot of these young girls, they're taught they don't know anything different. And they are walking into a, a, a trap. They don't have anyone to counsel them to really recognize what's going on. There is much of, there is much a victim, really. The woman who has the abortion right. is as much the victim exactly. as the child. 
but she has to live with her grief and pain, and the and, child gets to go to heaven. And what, and what about the father of that baby? Well, and that's true, too, because sometimes the fathers what? want the child, and maybe the mother doesn't, and he has no power, no, and he has to watch and his the, own child be killed, or he's the one who's recommending paying for You know, it's, it, so we're not guilt, here. There's guilt across the board on this. But this is the, the point. Satan wants everybody to carry guilt the, the, the signs of, ha- of murder upon them so that he can build his case against you in the court of heaven. If you've had an abortion, if you've been part of an abortion, then go to the Lord God. I know women who have, and they have repented. Yes. They have confessed the sin, and God has completely forgiven them and lifted off that spirit of condemnation and guilt mm-hmm. and murder. Because if you don't, God does not want you to be destroyed either because he knows the bottom line. He knows who's behind this. He knows it's the, the spirit of murder. He knows it's the enemy who's behind this, who's tricking and deceiving and coercing people, forcing, forcing people, making them think they don't have any other alternatives or options. So God knows that, and God is ready to forgive the mother because you're a child as well. Yes. You're, just because you're a 32-year-old child doesn't mean you're not a child. In God's eyes, we are all to be as little children. He says, except you be converted and become as little children, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. We're thinking it's not about size. It's about attitude. The children he's talking about are, are trusting. They're, they're uh, not vindictive. They're e- they easily forgive. They, they look you know, for the good things in life. They don't believe they're going to be trusted uh, or, or tricked or deceived. They're, they're naive. And, and this is, he says, except you become as a child trusting him. And that's the, the problem is children don't know who their father is. They think, you know, like nowadays, kids are raised in schools where the theology is evolution, not creation, and they don't believe they have a father. They believe they are an accident, um, and, and they don't have an identity. They don't have an origin. They don't have a sex. They're not a male or a female. They're an it, and they don't have—and if you don't have—if you don't realize that you are uh, made by God, you're, you're, you know, by, act, by an act of God's will, dis- distinctly and specifically brought forth— created by him he called you forth he could have made you a rock or a rabbit but he made you a human being and he called and and yet people i think too they don't value their own lives you know people are trying to get rid of their lives in various ways they're they're killing themselves in various on on um obvious ways uh, because they disdain their own life they they don't see the life of the child in them. They don't, they don't see that little one who got discouraged at seven years old, surrounded by a, a born into a snake pit of, you know, ch- children are killed when they're in the womb, but children also come forth from the womb. And those also have much uh, trouble and difficulty, some of them, because they are surrounded by lies and snake pits and parents that hate them, mistreat them, sexually, ritualistically abuse them uh, and raise them uh, totally contrary to the heart of God. And this is where I believe, this is where we're going to answer it. Like you said, Jerry, this is where, this is the final straw. You know, God can put up with a lot of things, Willie, he doesn't want to, but, but when it comes to this most sacred, most sacred event, I mean, think about how a child is, is, is formed in the matrix of its mother's womb. Nobody can understand that. Nobody can understand why those two or three cells begin to divide, divide, divide. Mm-hmm. And pretty soon there's now cells that are becoming uh, an organ, a, a liver, mm-hmm. and other mm-hmm. cells, toes, and other cells, 
you know, becoming the eyes or the heart or whatever. How, how does all of this divine coding and orchestration happen except through the miraculous yes. uh, design of God? And, and so this, this cannot be, this is God's fingerprint. This is God's, inter- this is God here, a baby coming forth. That whole process is God in action. And people just take it for every day. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, pink or blue, a baby was born. Well, now we don't have to be pink or blue. We can be yellow, green, or purple. You know, it's just... It's fe- we say it as fetal tissue is the euphemism that's used. That's, yeah. Yeah. So it, you know, it, the Bible says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Mm-hmm. So it, it's amazing. It the, says there in Psalm 139, God knows all of our parts mm-hmm. before they were yet fashioned. Yeah. And he knows how many days you're going to have. So back to you listening. You know, there's many things that have happened in your life. You have been maybe abused, rejected. Uh, Maybe your father or mother tried to kill you or abort you. I have people like that, too, who come to talk to me that their father, you know, tried to kill them when they're in their mother's womb or vice versa. Those things are devastating, can be devastating, but the truth of God's power, his love, can set you free from all of that devastation and negativity. And you know what? Another thing I've, I've learned as I've watched people and the way they treat one another, they, the way they treat themselves, that everything begins in the spiritual world and ends in the physical world. So, for example, if, you have, um, if, you're, if you're in trouble with your health right now in a big way, it didn't just stop, start with an uh, unhealthy body or a, or a generational disposition or it's in your bloodline. And, and it, it began way before that in the spiritual world. And so here's the, here's the clue. If you have some debilitating physical disease, let's just say you have pain, a lot of pain, a lot of pain clinics. Pain comes from guilt. Guilt can come from anything, like uh, aborting a child. It can come from uh, failing to be the best in your, you know, whatever arena you're yeah in your class guilt guilt, i should have i could have it's my fault responsibility that unresolved issue of whose responsibility is it it brings us to the place where satan begins to whisper in our ear the spirit of guilt it's your fault it's your fault you're bad you did something wrong and so then we subconsciously agree with i am guilty i could have done something more or something different or i'm not perfect or whatever um and instead of confessing our sin and repenting, changing our mind, and going to the Lord God and asking for forgiveness, we do everything but that. We start to do penance. We go to therapies. We start to go to pain clinics. You know, a lot of people are going to pain clinics if they just ask themselves, where's this pain coming from, and what is the root of it? Lord, show you what the root of your pain is. I think there's some of you obviously listening right now. Maybe you've had pain for 15, 20 years in the same spot, or maybe it moves around in your body. This is not God's will for your life. This is a punishment or a penalty that's coming from the agreement you made with I'm guilty and it's my fault and I deserve to be punished. You also then agree with poverty. I don't deserve good things. That's guilt's second friend. And his third friend is infirmity because when you say I'm guilty, you're saying I'm agreeing I am bad. And when you're bad, your body and your immune system becomes confused and you get all those autoimmune system diseases. Your, your body actually turns against yourself. You get multiple chemical sensitivities. You, you see what I'm saying, Jerry? Is this, It all... It all goes back to us being punished. The buck stops here. So you can take all kinds of remedies and therapies and 
essential oils and they're, they're, some of those things are good, but they cannot get to the root. The only thing to get to the root is the Lord God and the truth. And that's really the root of all this that's going on in, in America and the world. We have these issues because we have forsaken God. Truth. Mm-hmm. We have forsaken God. We rejected truth. We haven't known truth. Yeah, maybe we wouldn't maybe, even. Maybe yeah. it's ignorance. Yeah. A lot of it is, is just ignorance. We don't know the truth. Or w- once you have the truth, you rejected the truth. Romans chapter 1 talks about the truth was known, but then it was rejected mm-hmm. right. for generations and generations. Mm-hmm. And if you if you read uh, Deuteronomy uh, 28, and was it Leviticus 26? Yeah. If it could. talks about... Mm-hmm the results of turning away from God. It's not yeah. just a matter of mm-hmm. God isn't some guy that some, um, you know, a celestial being that says you got to do it my way or I'll just going to whack you. He knows if, how evil mm-hmm. this world is. And he is saying, you know, if you, you follow me, you won't have to have all this stuff. You, you're, you're in this world, but you're not of this world as a believer. Right. Mm-hmm. But you won't have to ha- experience a lot of this. Yes, we experience pain and trial and difficulty and stuff, but there's all kinds of curses that come upon us that are just right there to to pounce upon us when we're turning away, turning our hearts away mm-hmm. from following the living God and His 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 Word. And so, in, in Deuteronomy 28, Leviticus 26, mm-hmm. you'll say, "Well, that's the Old Testament." No, well, no, yes, it is. But the Old Testament is just as true as the New Testament, right? right? And it's the foundation. It's it's the foundation. So, and, um, and so yeah, and so the thing is, in Leviticus, it says, "If you will confess your iniquity, and the iniquity of your fathers, which is with you," it continues down to be on you with you. Then I will restore the covenant. So the, the, the remedy there is confession. And I believe that, you know, people need to know how to get out of this mess. And it's, God has given us a very simple four or five step solution. You first of all have to recognize that this is not just an accident. It's, it's a deliberate assault against your life to steal from you, your children, a lot of you. And that's one of the curses actually in uh, Deuteronomy 28. If you, if you, if you reject God, he, you will lose your children. It says in uh, Deuteronomy 28 and verse 32, your sons and your daughters Mm -hmm. shall be given to another people Mm -hmm. and your eyes shall look and fail with longing for them all day long and there shall be no strength in your hand. And how many parents have have we met over the years where it's just like my my kids are just gone. They're broken. Yeah, their hearts are broken. their, Their hearts, not only their hearts are broken, but they're, their they don't know how broken. to get their kids back. They're they're rebellious. Yeah. They're gone. They're gone to another people, which would be the enemy's camp. Basically, they, they've gone into the they've or been gone kidnapped. Into the enemy's camp. They've been brought in there, and you long for them. And people say, "What can I do? I don't know how to do. Yeah. I don't know how to reach my my." Well, child. here this might be a good place to to go now, because we've talked about children. We've talked about you know the obvious horrible atrocities of of what has happened there. And I believe for just to finish that one off, you need to stand up people. It is now time. You can't be passively agreeing with this anymore. You need to make your, your decision, your voice be heard that this is an abomination for your own sake. Because if you don't stand up against this, then, then you will be counted passively 
with those who are doing you're these approving. things. You're approving. approving. So Passivity be, is approval. So st- it is time to stand up because you know what? You're going to have to make, you're going to have to declare your loyalties now because we've only got a little time left before, you know, those loyalties are going to be reviewed by the Most High. But going back to Deuteronomy, and when they lost their children because they gave by gave place to the the ways of the world and the seductions of the world, um, they were believing that it was no big deal. We could just go with the, the heathens. And you say all of this pain and all of this stuff that happens. You say, well, why is God letting all this stuff happen? Well, it basically because He has an enemy, and the enemy and there's a rule. The rule is whom we yield ourselves servants to obey, his slave we become, or servant we become. So if we're yielding to the lie and the easy path and the rebellion against God, you're yielding to that, then Satan says, oh, I have a right. You're, you're, you're listening to me. I have a right to do with you what I want. And so a lot of times these demonic, I would call them demonic judgments, are coming upon people and God is just saying, you you know what? Don't stick your finger in the light socket. Is that being controlling? Is that being, you know, um, you got to have it my Unreasonable. way. Unreasonable. Unreasonable, yeah. <laughs> don't, honey, don't stick your finger in the light. Well, God, you just got to have your way all the time. I want to stick my finger in the light. What? You don't have a right to tell me I can't stick my finger in the light. So what, you know, this is kind of where it's at. Mm-hmm. God says, here's how to stay safe. Do this, this, obey my law. Back in the Old Testament, it was the, the, the laws and the Ten Commandments. Now the new law is to love one another, forgive, and love even mm-hmm. your enemies. Mm-hmm. And so, but going back to this idea of how do I get my lost children back? Let's just talk to the people who want their children back, who are broken, who have seen what Satan has done, and they look back in their generations and they see this is just a long history of rejection and bitterness and rebellion, long, deep roots of bitterness, for example. Bitterness is swallowed anger. Anger comes from injustices. There's many, a history. If you look at your bloodline, just the the little bit you might know about it, there's probably tons of things that are not fair going on there. A history of injustices. And a lot of times when people don't know what to do with the injustices, they either, if they don't explode right on the spot, you know, and try to make things right, which is taking matters into your own hands, which usually doesn't work, it backfires, and then you become judged for judging, the, the other option is to swallow that anger and it seethes and it stay And it's like, I'm going to cross my arms and stay mad at you or at something until this gets resolved. I'm going to stay mad. So some people decide to stay mad for 20, 30 years at a brother or sister because they are going to prove that they're right. And they're going to stay mad until this thing is made right. And that is not how you get justice. Stay, staying mad doesn't do anything but destroy you. Yeah, bitterness will kill you. It creates a lot of inflammation inside the body. The body can't take all this spiritual attack. The body needs to be loved and taken care of, and you need to pay attention to what your body is saying because your body does not lie to you. If you're sick and breaking down, your body is telling you, I can't take this anymore. I can't do this anymore. Do something about this. So you run to the doctor to fix the body. You need to run to the Lord to fix the spirit and the soul first, and then your body will be receiving some blessing and, and help and recovery. But going back to your children when they're lost, when they've taken off, when they've been deceived by the world, when they went to college and they got all indoctrinated by the lies of the world and the professors over there, and now they've, you know, maybe they were saved when they were 12 or 13 and now they've gone off and now they're disillusioned and they're bitter and they're mad against God and they're, they don't know if God exists and all this stuff. That is very understandable. 
That is very predictable. It's very, it's very common. It's very common, yeah. Because what are they going to do? They've got all these people in pro- professional places, places of authority, and they've been given you know, uh, social permissions to teach all these lies. And so your child is no match for any of this. And so they wander away, or maybe they're mad at you because you laid down the law, or maybe you were a, a, a very difficult parent. Well, you know, to be ready. So now you come to your senses, and what are you going to do? Chase after them, beg them, bribe them. What are you going to do? And most of us haven't gone to uh, parent school. You know, people tend to, you know, it, there is such a um, ignorance about what godly parenting is. Uh, a lot of times, you know, people tend to like it or not. They tend to raise their kids like they were raised. Pretty much, yeah. And or they're saying, you know what, I didn't have anything when I was a kid. Now you're gonna now have everything. Now I'm good. Mm-hmm. My Spoiled. kids are gonna have everything that yeah. I didn't have. Yeah, and yeah. Or they take their kids as trophies and they try to make them, shape them into everything that they didn't get or didn't weren't or weren't able to do. There's all kinds of selfish, wrong motives for for doing what you do with your children. Uh, feeding them, for example, junk food, s- sugary cereals, Lucky Charms, junk like that, because it's easier because they want it and they've already been acclimated in their taste buds to all this kind of wicked sugar and and food that's not healthy. So then, that's actually another form of you know child losing abuse. your children. It's another yeah. form of child abuse right. because you know we keep hearing these things that this the present generation you know. They're not going to outlive their parents. parents. Right. Every as generation, as, even as though we get all the modern age. technology and we can keep you hooked up on a life support for X number of years, it, it's not a quality of life. You know, there's, there's, but, but they've lost their, their thriving. I think that the human uh, DNA is, is losing its ability to, th- to thrive. Um, and fortunately, we're a little older, so we got the good food back in the day and blah, blah, blah. And we actually, to this very day, you and I, Jerry, we can, we can probably work cir- circles around a lot of people who are maybe 30 years younger than us because of the fact that not only we had good food, but I believe walking with God also gives you health and strengthens you. I, not, that, not that people who are unhealthy aren't walking with God. Some of them are very much walking with God, but yet they need to have the tools, the keys. So let's go back to how do I get my health back? How do I get my children back? It's basically the same thing, the same steps. You first of all have to identify or or realize what is happening, and at that point, that comes as a revelation from Jesus Christ. You may be crying out to God for an answer to prayer. Then pay attention to what He's saying. Walk not in your soul with what you think and feel. Don't try to figure God out using your soul. Your soul is an inadequate uh, device for hearing and 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 understanding and reading, interpreting. God. You have to listen to God, know God through your spirit, his spirit bearing witness with your spirit. So when we think and feel and try to figure it out, well, I feel like God has left me. I don't feel like God's with me, blah, blah. It does, that's, that's a trick. You know that God has not left you. You know he's with you right now in the middle of this most miserable, horrible, collapsing situation. You know he's there with you. So cry out to him and say, Father, you know where I'm at. You know how I got here. I don't exactly know how I got here. You know the sins of my generations. You know their idolatry. You know how they cast you off. You know how they, they went after strange gods. You know what they did. And, he, and you know what? You say, well, they were a good Catholic. Well, they were a good Lutheran. You know, that doesn't mean anything. That's right. That's just nothing. It, being a good Lutheran doesn't mean you know the Lord. Being a good Assembly of God person. I know more Assembly of God people who got messed up than probably non-believers. 
sometimes having a religion thrown at you when you're really young can be quite difficult as well because you still have to sort through is this, this right is this wrong is this and you don't have a standard i mean you have to have a standard so that everything be measured the same and that standard is the word of god so go back to the word of god and say lord holy spirit you're in me if you're saved the holy spirit is in you he doesn't move in and out when you sin he stays put okay and he's got two jobs to lead you into truth and triumph victory so when you're puzzled, you don't know. He's got wisdom. He's, uh, he's, he's got all wisdom. God, show me. God, I'm going to stop doing it my way. I'm going to stop trying to figure it out. I'm going to stop trying to be good. I'm just going to be. I, I surrender. The first step really is not to try and fight and do a big spiritual battle. It's to surrender to God and say, God, you have it. I don't. You know where my children are tonight. You know what they're doing right now. God, you're going to have to take care of them. God, forgive me. And then if there was in your family bloodline, if there was a, a disdain for children, uh, they were beaten, uh, they were aborted, they were mistreated, mis- uh, abused sexually, whatever way, physically, then you need to confess those sins because those were sins against the children. Now the children, Satan gets to take the children because your, your generation said basically to the devil, I don't want my children. Get them out of here. So now he's just using that as his justification for pulling your children spiritually, mentally, emotionally away from you. So you confess those things. That's what the Bible says, if you will confess your sin. Then the next thing you got to do is repent for your own participation in it. See, you can't repent for someone else, but you can, re- you can confess their sins. A lot of the things you are suffering from are because of things you did not do yourself. They were done to you or they were done before you were ever even born. Mm-hmm. There's another aspect of this too. We can look at the things that where we 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 missed it, but then there's things where where a parent, as much as the ability they have, they have they've been prayerful parents, they've been godly parents, they've they you know they've had raised a, them a, right, raised them right, had yeah. a good marriage, and the kids still take off and go into rebellion, uh, and, and there's you know and it's like. It's like, oh, and then the condemnation that comes up on a parent, yeah. self-condemnation. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, if I would have done this and that, and mm-hmm. I, what did I do wrong, and everything like that. <clears throat> and so, but, you know, the thing is, the enemy is just after kids. Mm-hmm. I, I just remember there was a book years ago by a guy named Winky Prattney, brilliant guy, and he wrote a book called Devil Take the Youngest. And he's talking about the assault. This is back in the 70s. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the attack on children, but you think of it this way: it's not it's not an excuse, but you know God is the perfect parent, right? Right. And in 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 the Old Testament, you read the cry, you hear the cry of God's heart mm-hmm. for His children, mm-hmm. specifically the Israel. nation of mm-hmm. Israel at mm-hmm. the time. He said, "I've done everything I could possibly do for you, and you still." took off rejected. you still rejected me so it, it's it in a, in a sense it's comforting and in a sense it's not god is the perfect parent to his people and yet he's lost yet, a lot of his children he's it looks lost like. a lot of his children mm-hmm. so it looks like if you can if you condemn yourself because you know oh i didn't do something right and didn't you know um yeah there's a t- there's a difference between repenting and and confessing the sins of your sins and the sins of the generation and make you know making things right forgiving mm-hmm, mm-hmm. asking for forgiveness if you need to and <clears throat> that that's that's important but then don't get caught in the fact if you've done by as much as you know mm-hmm. you've done your best 
as a parent to raise your kids for God, and they're still taken off out there in in a season of rebellion or a lifestyle. Maybe it's been years of rebellion. Mm-hmm. I know, I mean, a lot of I parents, they're godly people, yeah. and they pray and they cry and mm-hmm. they're for, for the kids, and they might be adults now, <clears throat> you know, married, have families of their own, but they're still crying out for them. So there is a call, uh, a cry. Of, There's uh, nothing that breaks the heart more than to, that. To too. bring your children back. And God's heart mm-hmm. was, was brokenhearted over his children that have rebelled against him. I, I believe that, yes, God is a God of joy, but I believe his heart is, is, is broken over what we have done with his word, what we have done with his creation. Mm-hmm what we have done with his uh Well, that is absolutely correct. And and in that chapter I was reading earlier in Isaiah, he says as he's comforting those who've been broken by divorce or broken by other the thing, things of life, he says in verse um, 11, he says of chapter 54 of Isaiah, O you afflicted one, tossed with tempest and not comforted, behold, I lay your stones with colorful gems. I lay your foundations with sapphires. God is still building something here. I will make your pinnacles of rubies and your gates of crystal and all your walls of precious stones and all your children shall be taught by the Lord and great shall be the peace of your children. In righteousness you shall be established. You shall be far from oppression for you shall not fear and from the terror for it shall not come near to you. Indeed, they shall surely assemble but not because of me. Whoever assembles against you shall fall for your sake. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Now, going back to you godly parents who have children who are running away, uh, see, there's both sides of the spectrum. And the same is true, like if you look at Job, he was a godly, righteous man, and he was, the devil went after him. The he devil lost had all, a, Lost all his kids? Yeah, he did. But but see, God, Satan had a petition, the, the, the Lord, to test Job because Satan did not believe that God would be able to sustain Job in the midst of this furious attack against his physical body, against his children, against his finances, that somehow Satan would prove God was not able to keep Job from getting bitter and upset. And a lot of you very godly parents, um, Satan is probably asked to test you or to test your children, and a lot of your children that are being severely tested are to be great in the kingdom of God. They're, they're really assets to the kingdom of God. And Satan is going to try to snuff them out. But remember, the word says all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purposes. And there's nothing impossible with God. And he said, all of your children will be taught by the Lord and great will be the peace of them. So if God is saying that, then you have to go not with what it looks like or what you feel like or what you're tempted to you know, be afraid about you need to go with the word of God and go back to the Lord and say, this is what you said about my children. You are, my, they're your children first, and, and I am with you. I want them back. I want them delivered. And you just, instead of, you know, freaking out and condemning yourself and wasting all your energy on that, if you have repented and you know the truth, then walk in the truth and go to God boldly, become boldly before the throne of grace and mercy to find help in time of trouble and say, you know what, God, this is not okay. I'm presenting my case. Satan is trying to steal my kids, run off with my kids. And yes, my generations did do this, that, and the other thing. And I, I confess it, Lord. But now I'm turning to you. I'm surrendering this whole thing to you. And I'm asking you to rule in favor of justice. It says the Lord is known by the, the, the judgments he keeps and God cannot lie. And he does not acquit the wicked. 
So we have a righteous judge. When all else fails, the Lord God, the judge, will judge all of these evil things that we're so upset about right now. God is going to judge them all in perfect justice. It's interesting, you know, uh, about fathers. Um, you know, and there was a guy, <clears throat> a very famous Christian leader, years ago was asked to be on a presidential commission to talk about the family. And they had called him up one day and they said, uh, sir, we would like to have you be on this presidential commission on the family. Would you, um, you know, what, what, what do you feel is the key um, issue today mm-hmm. uh, with, with, with families and kids? And he said, oh, that's easy. And they were kind of surprised that he, without batting on yeah. he said, it's daddy. Mm-hmm. It's daddy. Where are the fathers? Mm-hmm. And and it's interesting, Proverbs seventeen six. children's children are the crown of old men, and the glory of children is their father. Yep, exactly. So if we've got, say, half kids, well over half the kids in America, you know. And, and, without fathers, and got, without active. Um, you know, so many uh if it's say let, let's say fifty percent or more in many places, the kids who don't know their father, or if they know who their father is, they don't know who their father is, and and if if they they do know who the father is, he's not around, they don't have the glory. There's yeah. a there's a glory there in the father. Well, you know, in glory. the approval and the leadership mm-hmm. and the of a godly and the comfort and the strength of a godly father, and there the word glory there means. Uh, it means the the when you say the glory of children is their father, it means an ornament. It means a beauty. It means honor, majesty. It means bravery. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, there's mm-hmm. condition. There's yeah. there's courage, and there's honor that yeah. comes with the leadership and the encouragement and the strength of in the the approval and of the a, protection of, of a father of protection. Yeah. So 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 many of these kids, and you have. You have um, well. The other side of that glory is, is shame. Yeah, right, right. And you, so, if they're ashamed, they're not as confident. They go to school. A, they don't have anybody to back them up. They they're feeling like there's something wrong with me. They're feeling like I'm I'm different. I'm not as good as somebody doesn't want me. Yeah, and so sometimes there's 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 that there's almost that reproach. It's not 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 so much a reproach or shame anymore because it's so common. That you know, kids are from a, you know in a single parent home, living with mom, dad's not around. Mm-hmm. But the good news too, for uh, those listening, you're your mother, you're a, a single uh, a parent, and you you got all this pressure and responsibility of, of raising these kids, and without without dad around, or dad is giving you know the father is you know you got joint custody, or mm-hmm. the father's giving you a bad time, or whatever it is. Excuse me, Psalm 66, uh, verses 5 and 6. Uh, speaking of God, he is the father of the fatherless, mm-hmm. a yeah. defender of widows. And many single parents are just, they're like widows, even if their husband yeah. is not, or in a wife, sense, yeah. yeah, if he's not around, he's like he's dead to them. Is God in his holy ta- holy habitation? God sets the solitary in families. And so 
he, he's, he defends them. There, there needs to be a family. There needs to be a surrounding, uh, a, a fort. A protection, a yeah. defender. And God says, I'll be the father to the fatherless. Now, a lot of times that seems kind of nebulous out there. Okay, well, you mm-hmm. know, uh, okay, God's my father out there. <laughs> uh, and he. it says in another place that he's a husband to the widow. Yeah, we just, yeah. Yeah, a husband yeah. to the widow. Uh, hus- so you say, well, how can, how can I, yeah. And so it's like, but but still... But if you walk in the Spirit, you'll see how that works out, how God provides things for you, almost little favors here and there, makes the way, uh, takes care of things that you were afraid were going to happen. God kind of averts those things, and, and just kind of tiny. It's, it doesn't look very big. It's, it's just kind of a little gentle, you know, pushing these things out of your way so that you will be protected. And even though yes. it doesn't look like God's opening the Red Sea for you, um, there's still things he's that he's there, do- with, he's you there he's, with you and he's helping you. And another thing too, I, I really am convinced that there needs to be um, spiritual fathers and mothers. And that sounds maybe way out there. And, and, and I mean, Paul, for example, Paul, was, Raised the Timothy. apostle Paul mm-hmm. was a spiritual father to Timothy. His Timothy's mother was a Jewish lady, a believer in God, a faithful lady but his husband her husband the father of timothy was was a gentile now it doesn't say he was a believer but well and but timothy and paul connected spiritually and in their life's work they both wanted the ministry they both wanted to do it so right he became like a mentor and i think that for some of these um and you know what even this may sound really weird but some of the fathers need to be mentored by fathers i think yes. some of the older men begin to teach the younger men i have people that i know too that mm-hmm. they have no they're like in their 30s they're men they have no no male uh, godly man to support them strengthen make them brave make them strong give them honor take away shame give them wisdom you know right. the older you get hopefully the more wisdom you get as you walk with god and for you older men, do not just squander that wisdom. Don't just sit in your house and do nothing and wait for the end or wait for the next baseball game or whatever. Go out, reach out. You have a phone. You have all kinds of means to devices with which to connect um, and become part of some young man's life. Um, exactly. and, and or the same with women. Yeah, you yeah. older ones, don't be retiring. Don't be sitting around saying, well, you know, I'm 70 now. and I." Nobody you know, listens work. to me. Everybody yeah. just listens to those that are young. I'm sure if you look around, there's someone in your world that you can bless. And if you have no one in your world that you can bless, then go visit the nursing home, the rest home, the assisted living. Go visit some places and just begin to become part of a community where you can speak the love and the encouragement of God. Because if you don't do that, you know what? You're going to die yourself. You're going to not grow. You're not going to do well to squander your life on yourself. That he who seeks to save his life loses it. He who gives it away keeps it. So if you want to stay young, then stay involved. And it doesn't mean be a busybody, but there are so many things and ways you can lend. You know, the older ones know the truth more than the younger ones because they've had more exposure to it, I believe. Um, so reach out stand up get going we need everybody on uh, in this war we need everybody doing their part you don't need to escape or sit sit this one out you need to be involved because you know what when it all comes down to giving your report before the lord you know well done thou good and faithful servant uh, there's going to be a lot of times that you know you might have to give an account of every idle word will be you know taken account of there might be a lot of things that you would rather have done something different 
and now it's too late. I think of Schindler's List. You know, he said, if you oh. could just have done one more, so one more person you could have bought or paid for or hired or whatever, one more thing, you know, and it, it can always be like that one more one, but, but the thing is do one, at least do two or one or two. Reach out. We're in such critical days. And, that, and, and as, as far as reaching out to the children, you know, they need grandpas and grandmas. Um, and that's at the back of system too. A lot of times kids, I have that happen as well in my office where the grandparents are bringing in their grandchildren. That's becoming more and more common. Because the now. parents are, are right. checked out. Grandparents are becoming the parents of mm-hmm. their grandchildren. Well, this is a good backup system. Yep. But going back to we're all in this together, the humans, and you know the other plot Satan tries to do is to, his whole strategy is very simple. Get them to believe a lie and then, then bring a demonic judgment on them for believing the lie and make him think it's God. But his, his strategy is to divide and conquer. Divide, set in opposition. Make the wives mad at the husbands. Uh, set up these uh, these filters of bitterness and and, and you, so you can't really even know the other person. You just see that other person always through the filter Satan has put before your eyes or over your heart so that whenever you look at them, you're looking at what you think they are, what you, the, the disappointments. The, 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 you're reading that person through a filter of lies, and you're not allowing yourself to know that other person that you married or love or committed yourself. Made. You're reading them through. A, and, and on the other side, that same filter can be a filter of deception, thinking you know that I'm the bad one, and there's something wrong with me, and he's perfect, and we have all kinds of different scenarios out there. There's nothing. There's there's not a lot of easy categories, but you you can have things that are where where people are being uh, subtly destroyed by by filters of greed or narcissism or bitterness or jealousy or witchcraft, and so ask God to give you eyes to see those little souls. Those, they may be in adult bodies, they may be in children's bodies. To see that person, whoever it is in your world that you're having trouble with, let give, ask God to give you eyes to see them as he sees them, and then begin as you, with your children back and getting your children back, begin to say, Lord, what is the lie that they believe? What is the lie that drove them away? What is the lie that kept them from uh, following you? What is the lie fear is telling them? And God will tell you what it is. You just listen. You don't have to hear it in your head, but you'll just know. Uh, they're believing they're no good. They're believing I don't love them. They're believing I judge them, blah, 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 whatever. And then you bind and take authority over that lying spirit, that spirit that tells them they're not loved or that you don't love them or that they're being judged or they can't do it right or whatever, or that you're mad at them. You bind that spirit. Jesus says, I give you power over all the power of the enemy. Whatsoever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in them. Whatever you bind means forbid. Whatever I forbid you, enemy, to continue to lie to my daughter, my son, mm-hmm. uh, about this, they're not good enough, or I'm mad at them, or something. I forbid it, and I release the opposite. I release in them the revelation of Jesus Christ. Always release the opposite, and the best thing you can ever release into anybody's life or, or, or ask to happen in their life is the revelation of Jesus Christ. Because with the revelation of Jesus Christ, whatever, it's, it's absolutely the universal answer to prayer. Whatever you need, if you need wisdom, it's in Jesus. If you need uh, healing, it's in Jesus. If you need a miracle, it's in Jesus. If you need faith, it's in Jesus. If you need a breakthrough, it's in Jesus. If you need deliverance and ways of escape from the spirit of death, it's in Jesus Christ. So whatever the revelation, because the revelation of Jesus in that particular area to them will bring that, set them free. 
Once you have the freedom, uh, the truth, the revelation of Jesus Christ is the truth. Once you have the truth, it sets you free from the from the bondage of whatever that sin, whatever that stronghold is doing to them. Yeah, it's a matter of going to war in the spirit in prayer because this this is where this is where it is. You have to go to the the source, and in, in other words, if there's to do battle, if, if there's if there's if people are getting sick from the river, I mean, just interesting. Years ago, is a story, a true story. There was pe- there were people that lived in a primitive land in Asia, and they were getting sick from drinking the river, drinking the water from the river. That was their water source. Mm-hmm. And, the, and they finally thought, what are we going to do? We're treating the people and trying to care for them, get them healthy again. And finally somebody went all the way upstream, and there was a dead pig lying, rotting, that in the in this little stream that was poisoning the river. Mm-hmm. The, you know, and so yes, that's where we have to go. We have to go in, that. In, in the spirit, find that thing by the spirit of God. Find that dead pig. And, huh? and go to battle, find the dead pig and go after that and remove that in the name of Jesus. This is where the battle is. And a it's lot of times it's an agreement that was made that, that, that gave the enemy rights to come down and steal the children. It's an agreement with, like, for example, if they're offering their children to Moloch, they're making an agreement with Satan that, okay, I'll give you my child, but you give me some good luck here. I mean, you're, you're making a deal with the devil is what it is. It's all, and, you, and you're making a deal with the devil. What makes you think he's going to keep his end of the bargain? It's just so stupid, but God doesn't lie. And I just want to put a plug in here for Life Recovery. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And, and River City Outreach. Yeah, True Light. River City Outreach, True Light Church as well. But we have a great amount of resources that will help you mm-hmm. to to zero in on these things. Of, yeah. Of, for example, liferecovery.com. You can go there, and actually this Rescue Radio would be available there, or you can go to uh, our names, Marjorie Cole, uh, and find a YouTube channel there, um, and you can rescue radio shows are there archived there. Other st- stuff is up there on that YouTube channel. Um, so there's resources. Basically, what we what we're wanting to do is have equipping tools for you to help you in this spiritual yeah. warfare, and not and to help you be victorious, to help you to to nail it in the Spirit of God. Yes, so to be energized. The, so the so to be energized and equipped. Mm-hmm. And so that these these victories can be won in the name of Jesus. So, Father, we pray that we will not grow weary in well-doing, but in due season we will reap if we do not faint. I pray for a divine uh, imparting of grace, authority, strength, peace, wisdom, counsel for each one who's listening. And in whatever situation they're in right now, whatever the trap, whatever the torment, whatever the trauma, trial, that you, Lord God, by the revelation of Jesus Christ, would enter in with truth and with deliverance, with healing, with hope, Father God, that we are not alone and it's not even our battle. The battle is the Lord. So cause us, Lord God, to know um, that you love us and to stand in having done all to stand. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.